Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam Cole-Bebe, only three-time Ring of Honor World Champion, the longest reigning Pro Wrestling Guerrilla World Champion, and I'm telling you right here, right now, to listen to Wrestling Heads Radio. You're looking real jack, baby. And the champ that runs the camp. This is my yard now. The face of America. Brother Nero, I knew you'd come. Delete! 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 We're going to show uh, the Hardy Boys if we were wrestling back in the Attitude Era, they would be our jobbers. Fuck the revival! WH Radio. because there's so much going on right now. I don't I don't even know where to begin with all this, but how are you guys doing? That's what I want to know first and foremost. And fantastic. I miss you guys. I miss you loud, man. I miss loud the most because I haven't talked to loud in a while, and I've talked to Tom and fucking, um, and fucking Nate. So talk to you guys like it's a random conversation and shit. Haven't talked. And the only time I see Lau is when I'm going to my photos and I see a picture of me and him at PWG. <laughs> what, what? Why are you trying to make me all sad and shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, definitely, like I said, been a while. It's been a, it's been a quick minute, but we're back here on Blog Talk Radio to talk some wrestling. And jeez, I don't I don't even know where where to even really begin because there's so much going on right now. We're gonna try to get to as much as we can. Of course, SummerSlam just over a week away. And then we have of course NXT takeover Brooklyn happening in just about a week as well. So that's what's going on with the WWE building up to uh, those two big shows and 
of course, have to include that uh, the May Young Classic 2 tapings have been going on the last two days. And, of course, the, uh, the progress two finalists. Progress right now? Yeah, Progress has been touring uh, the United States for about the past week or so. They've made stops in Boston, uh, New York, Philly. They're in Seattle tonight. Uh, tearing the house down, so progress on a bit of a Yeah, I saw I saw uh, I saw David's up there, and uh, so shout out to him. Shout out to everybody. I was gonna go. Yeah, shout out to everybody in Seattle right now. I see a bunch of people on my Twitter are uh, are up in Seattle right now at that progress show. So shout out to everyone. Shout out to progress. But, yeah, May Young Classic 2, of course, it's the summer. So, you know, that means New Japan G1 Climax is going on. It is almost the end of it, almost the end of the G1 Climax. Um, Holy shit. Um, We have, of course, Friday and Saturday are going to be the final two days, the final block days. And then... Ooh, we'll get to... (laughs) We'll have to get to that. And then... Uh, I think yeah, Sunday is uh, is the finals of the G1 climax. So the G1 wrapping up by Sunday, we're gonna know who's gonna be either challenging Kenny Omega or if Kenny Omega does win the G1 climax, we'll know who he picks to challenge him. Very well possibility. We'll basically be so, knowing. We'll basically find out who's gonna be losing in the Wrestle Kingdom main event since the G1 winner has never beat the champion in the Russell Kingdom main event. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And um, yeah, so really, G1, uh, Climax, G1 Climax wrapping up all in is a little bit under a month away. Going to be uh, on pay-per-view um, and also available on the Fight TV app as well. So the biggest, uh, I, I, I would say, quote, unquote, independent show. I use quotes for that for a specific reason. The Ring of Honor show. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> um, but still, nonetheless, a very big I show sold out. Ago. I actually said that a long time ago about it being a Ring of Honor show. People shit it on me. You did. And My boy it's North funny because there's so, much, there's so much debate about it. Like, I was listening to Voices of Wrestling earlier. And Joe Lanza on there was talking about this is not a Ring of Honor show. It's so much different. But they're using, like, the Ring of Honor production team. They're using the lighting rig. It's basically a Sinclair-funded show. Well, not – it's independently funded. The Bucks and Cody are funding it themselves, but they've got Sinclair's backing. Yeah, I said – I, I kind of said that a long time ago, and I got shitted on – I see, you know, they got Penta on there, and they got Bandito, Rey Mysterio. Um, I see Ethan Page is part of All In. I, I see, um, uh, you know, Christopher Daniels. I believe Scorpio Sky's in it. There's a few guys that, but majority of yeah. them, you see half these guys that's on the card. They're like Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, minus this person. Joey Geno's in it. Uh, I wanted to do good, you know, but. I don't know. Um, good luck to the guys. I'm a big Young Bucks fan. Love Cody. Uh, so I want them to do great. And that match with the Young Bucks teaming up with uh, Kota Ibushi going against Bandito and was it Flamita? 
No, isn't it Bandito, Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio? And, and Rey Mysterio. That's yeah, it. Flamita's not in it. It's Bandito. Yeah, ba- is, yeah, Bandito, Rey Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio. That match is going to be retarded. <laughs> yeah, that's, that should be really good. But anyway, so like I said, we're just gonna kind of going over what's what's been happening, what's going to be coming up. Um, so where where should we start? I don't I don't know where you guys want to start. I I, I kind of you know what I want to start with this. Just, Before we just, start, just also opinion. one thing that we Go are going to do. We're going to also share our top fives from each era, too, before the show is over, to Something different. I'm going to be honest. I was listening to Fuckmaster Flex and Fat Joe. They were sharing their top fives from each era in hip-hop. So I was like, you know what? This would be a bad idea for me to bring on the VH radio. So Fuckmaster Flex, Fat mm-hmm. Joe, thank you. Very interesting concept and idea. We're going to be getting to that later. It's got, I think everyone's is probably going to be a little bit uh, different, but it's going to be interesting. So uh, definitely stay tuned with that. But I, 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 I kind of want to start it with this because, like I said, we haven't been on here regularly, so we haven't had a chance to really talk about. Uh, so like I said, SummerSlam just about a little over a week away. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I have been just, I don't know. I've been so down on WWE lately. Like it's, uh, it's, it's a chore. It's a chore for me to just like watch. Like Raw already was tough to watch because you know the thousands of times we've talked about it. it's three hours. It's already tough to watch. But I just there's nothing within the WWE right now that's really grabbing my eye. I think you know Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. That has me a little bit invested. Um, I did watch SmackDown this week, and the tag team match between uh, The Bar and The New Day was excellent. Uh, Really, really great tag team match there. Great stuff by them, as always. You know, they always, I I, I think no matter who you put them against, you know, if it's the Usos or whomever, I think those two teams always kind of go at it. I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. I haven't watched a full WWE show since like fucking mania. I've resorted to just watching the clips that they put up on YouTube, and you know, or or if something you know if something gets a lot of buzz, I'll go out of my way to watch like a full segment of you know something. Like there was like a, a, a Seth and Dolph match you know a few weeks ago that everybody was talking about. So you know, I went back and watched that full match. Um, right. And it's like you kind of have to do that to fucking prepare yourself for these fucking six-hour goddamn pay-per-views now. Like I was reading reports that SummerSlam is going to be between five and six fucking hours long. It's going to be it's just like, as long as WrestleMania. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Like I love professional wrestling. I don't want to watch it for six hours straight. It's um, quality over quantity. Um, at this point, point or quantity over quality is what I meant to say. It's like I've always used this comparison. If I was a kid, I'd be in heaven with seven hours of wrestling. But as a 33-year-old with a job and responsibilities, seven hours is just fucking torture. You want to get in, you want to get out, and that's it. 
You don't want to sit there for fucking ever watching a show. I think that... I think I think, even, I think all audiences. When you look at the older audience who is going to be invested in multiple shows, especially on pay per view weekends, when you know you're going to have NXT Takeover, which is about three hours. You know you're going to have the WWE show, which is about, you know, now five to six hours. That's, you know, that's somewhere between, you could say, eight to nine hours of wrestling in two days. Two days. That's a, that's a night's worth of sleep that we have to sit there and watch a show. And you know and what? if you I include could... Raw and SmackDown, that's like at least 15 hours of wrestling right there. It's ridiculous. Right. right. And you it's know what? Insane. I could, I, I I could maybe maybe defend it if there was stuff on there that was compelling. You have three hours on Raw, two hours on SmackDown, you have five hours each week of TV to build characters, build compelling storylines, and have these people you know connect with the audience. And WWE does not does not do that. Their you know their writing is really really simplistic. You know, there's there's no depth to any of these characters. There's no depth to any of these storylines. There's there's no rhyme or reason. It's just throwing people out there into random matches. You know, no, nothing really makes sense or connects on the main roster. You know, NXT is a little bit more intricate. You know, they, they have NXT a lot more. The most, I was going to say, NXT is fire right now. If you want to talk about WWE, NXT is the best thing going on. Me myself, I'm just like Lyle. I would disagree. I agree, but only slightly. Um, no, I would well, say two of our live too. is hot too. Yeah, two of our live is hot too. Full disclosure, I um, haven't since we've been off the air. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown at all. And yeah, I just, same here. There's no I, point. I've tried. I tried to watch SmackDown. Only thing I watched was AJ Styles segment, uh, and then I got off uh, from watching it because I really don't care. Like I have no reason to care. Yeah. I don't care about Brock. Le- I I don't care for Brock Lesnar right now. Him turning on Paul Heyman. No cares whatsoever. No Ronda Rousey. I don't care about you. You know, doing that move on Alicia Fox and jobbing her out. I just don't care. I like. I rather no, watch Progress Wrestling. Like they're on demand service. I rather watch Beyond Wrestling. They're on demand service. America Rana, David Starr versus George Nella. Like oh right my now. god that that was such a good fucking match both of those guys are crazy i was actually not not to get off the subject but we, we might as well for a little i watched that i was watching it live actually i'm like i, I got home just as like american rhino was starting i'm like you know what let me let me order it because i haven't seen beyond in a little bit so I got the show, and I'm watching it, and, you know, there was some stuff here and there that was okay. They did a Chikara showcase, which I thought was a little interesting, but, you know, Mike Quackenbush got flown into the crowd, which was pretty cool, but I haven't, you know, watched, geez, Chikara in at least three to four years. Um, but then you watch the Joey Janela-David Star match, and it's like, okay, it is a storyline because these guys have gone before and it's, you know, it's a barbed wire match. So you're expecting some crazy stuff and you just watch it and you watch when they get tangled in the barbed wire, how it's like ripping their skin. And you're like, oh my God, this is brutal. And shout out to Penelope Ford too. Penelope Ford going through a barbed wire board. At one point they had to cut her out. They had to cut uh, David Starr and Joey Janela um, off a board 
uh, that was that on was the outside. Insane. Yeah, so it was a crazy match, and it was it was a very violent, very you know kind of grotesque type of match, and not everybody's going to be into those type of matches. But I loved it. I loved it, and it was the most you know I'd say probably besides like New Japan and some of the stuff that they have. Um, you know, I, I've watched a little bit of the All Japan stuff that they've been doing over the past couple of months, and they've been doing some okay stuff. Um, but yeah, like some of the independent stuff, like. Joey Janela's show, you know, that's going to be intriguing. Uh, Lost in New York, that's going to be intriguing because it's like it's something different. There's a little bit of Evolve is hot right now. Evolve is hot right now. Uh, Swerve, new Evolve champ. Uh, Joey Janela is the fucking WWN champ. Like Evolve is changing a little bit. You know, it's Evolve. No pun intended. Right now, Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland is one of the hottest wrestlers. Out right now, like he's got at least five championships right now. Right. Let me say this: I I have a very interesting standpoint on Evolve. Um, I think Evolve right now, wrestling wise, is getting back to where it was about a year, year and a half ago, where they were at their peak. But I don't know. There's once again, there's really nothing in, in Evolve, like storyline wise, and I've seen some other people talking about this. There's really nothing in Evolve that grabs, uh, like, the independent wrestling fan, and it feels like, you know, Evolve has just become the WWE feeder to where, okay, it's either, you know, you're in Evolve and you're going to go to Progress or you're in Evolve and you're eventually going to go to WWE. That's what it kind of feels like. That's not necessarily 100% the case, but that's just the general overall feeling. But that's not to take away from their shows, which, um, you know, I have caught the last Evolve shows, which I hadn't seen Evolve in a while, and they were very good shows. But, you know, am I really big on Austin Theory? Eh, not 100%. You know, was I big on Austin Theory? Not particularly, but now Joey Janela's in there, and Joey Janela's one of the biggest acts on the independent scene, so... Um, you know, that gives him some leeway, and I'm sure Evolve's not going to, obviously is not going to restrict him to doing anything because he's running his own his own show, and he's still making the indie rounds, so it's not like he's tied down to a contract. And also, I have to give a shout-out. Um, you know what company has really been kind of intriguing me, and I've been seeing more of it? MLW. I don't know if you guys have seen any of stuff. MLW's been killing too. Yeah, I've heard that MLW's... Go ahead. No, I'm saying, Shane Strickland was their champ. He was the first champ. They definitely killed him, too. Right. Yeah, I I watched the the 40-man battle riot that they had, and I thought that was kind of a cool concept, and, you know, it was entertaining. It went by pretty quick. And I hear that their TV show is very easy to watch on a weekly basis. I think they post them up on their YouTube channel, but they're, it's also available. I forget yeah. what channel on, uh, on television. But anyway, this, this all kind of coincides with how, like, and this isn't, I don't think this is just us. I don't think it's just the four of us because you look on Twitter and I think the majority of I, I don't want to say hardcore wrestling fans, but I would say fans that watch more than just WWE that are, you know, not just casual wrestling fans. 
not many people are high on WWE right now. You know, they're kind of like it's a struggle to get through these shows, and there's really nothing. Like I said, the only thing that I see people having interest in is Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, and that's because it's Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. And, you know, those two can cut promos well, and it's something new that we haven't seen in WWE. We've seen it, you know, on the independents, and we've seen it in TNA, but we haven't seen it in... um in the WWE yet. So it's, it's something Another new. Thing it's I would say I'm, um, I'm down with, I really am interested in, you know, Z- Ziggler, McIntyre, and Seth Rollins too. Those are the only ones. Yeah. Cause those that, guys, yeah, they I are mean, just... been, Seth Rollins, I mean, Seth, Rollins has been busting his ass. Rollins has been putting on, um, really, really solid performances over the past couple of months. Um, you know, in matches with McIntyre and Ziggler and so on and so forth. Rollins possibly could be WWE wrestler of the year. He could be. I don't think AJ really hasn't had any great matches this year that I can think of. He's not really getting the chance that um, I think he's not at the height as where he should be. Um but it's just there's there's just way there's just way too many people, and they bring people up from NXT and they don't do anything with them. They don't do anything with these people. The authors of pain come up from NXT. What happens to them? Nothing. They get rid of the best. I'm not saying that the authors of pain are total shit. I think they're very competent in the ring, but they get rid of Paul Ellering, which was one of their big focal points because they certainly can't talk. They are absolute garbage on the mic. So I think the reason why they did that, though, was because Paul was never going to go to the main roster. Um, and from what I know, he's an advisor in NXT. So that's probably why they did that. But I agree. Right. Like They they about? need something. Paul Ellering. Offensive pain. I see. And the Authors of Pain. Right. And yeah. it's, I feel like you know, Authors not, of Pain will get pushed. Very soon, I think they're taking their time on them. They don't want to say here, you know. But I, I, I'm feeling they they will get pushed, just not right away. Cause... right, but it's not just authors of pain. It's the revival. It's Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. Granted, you know, Jason Jordan's dealing, you know, Jason Jordan's dealing with a very serious neck injury. But you know, even even two hundred five live. It's funny they brought ahead. the revival. One thing I can't say the revival has done. They have ten. They have ten Roman Reigns this year. I'm just gonna throw that out there. After that, I really thought they were gonna get a little mini push, but they didn't. So they right. have ten Roman Reigns. That's probably their, that's probably their highlight of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I um, I even still I remember months ago we talked about this. I just I, I 205 Live is probably one of the best week to week wrestling shows as far as pure wrestling goes. But you look at half of those guys. Half of those guys should be on Raw and SmackDown killing. And almost you know, almost is actually the only one I could say is actually getting a push. He's in SmackDown. That's because he's, he's on SmackDown. SmackDown's a little more tolerable than Raw. But honestly, like. NXT is good for what it is, and, like, you have a lot of guys, but it's, like, that are really good. Like, I'm worried about guys like Tommaso Ciampa. 
because, like, he's great in NXT. He just won the title. But, like, what happens to him on the main roster? Vince won't know what to do with him, and he can't do the character that he's doing in NXT on the main roster. So it's like, why develop these guys and establish a character when you're going to call these guys up and then undo everything that you did in developmental and not use them properly? It just doesn't make any sense. And they wonder why their feeder or why NXT is a failure for the most part. I mean, you look at New Japan and they've got their dojo system and that's been successful for the most part. But NXT, while it's good, while it's one of the best weekly shows on WWE on on the network, it's the reason why I got the network in the first place. Once people get called up to the main roster, it's a death wish. That's why like selfishly me- I want most of these guys to stay in NXT. Let me mention the guys that have got pushes that have came from NXT. Now, I'm going to go all the way back. Of course, Steph Rollins. Of course, Dean Ambrose. Of course, Roman Reigns. They are probably the first three. Bray Wyatt had a push going on for a minute. Um, one thing I can mention from some of the guys that have recently came up, Cian Almas getting a push, Drew Galloway getting a push, or excuse me, Drew McIntyre getting a push. Uh, who else? I noticed somebody else I'm missing. Uh, this uh, NXT guy that's having a solid push to. Just can't think of it right now since I don't watch Raw and SmackDown as much as I should. Um. Yeah, I mean, my my whole thing is, I I honestly I look at NXT right now. I don't have faith in the main roster to do anything with anybody, even a guy. Like, you look at a guy like EC3, and you think he would be, like, Vince McMahon's dream. You know, he's got the body. He's got the look. He's got the mic skill. He's got the charisma. They haven't done anything with him. Like, or they, they, right. they think they won't do anything. Look, they at, look at Bobby, Bobby Roode. Once again, Bobby Roode. There's a guy Rude. in NXT that's Vince McMahon's dream, but I'll mention that later. Yeah. Look at Bobby Roode. I remember years ago saying, if Bobby Roode goes to WWE, that's like Vince McMahon and Triple H's dream. Because, once again, he has the look, he has the charisma, he has the whole character down. I said, he, he's going to be a world champion. He goes to NXT, and then he gets pushed up to the main roster, and he's, he's fighting Mojo Riley on Monday Night Raw. Like, like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, is Bobby Roode the best wrestler? No, I think he's very average. I don't think there's really anything exciting about him. But I think if you put him in the right feuds, he like TNA did with right. him, yeah, I, I think you have to put him in the right feuds, like TNA did with uh, James Storm. That was one of you the also, best feuds. You also TNA need to had. not have him as a baby face. That too. That really hurts him. He's a big straight hill. Right, and I, I think about a guy like look at Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan, I think, is improving pretty fast, and I think he's somebody that can make it on the main roster. But I don't even have faith in them to do anything right with Lars Sullivan. Oh, they will because Vince McMahon wants him. Like he, from what I've heard, like he wants him on the main roster now. And he's already pegging him as a future star of the main roster because, I mean, look at him. He's the Vince McMahon type. Same with a guy like Velveteen Dream. That guy is great. And John Cena recently said that Velveteen Dream could be the, like, next big star that this company's built around. And yeah. I tend to agree with that because he's amazing. But it's only if 
Velveteen gets to the main roster and they don't fuck it up. Yeah, which which at because this point I have I no faith I don't have, I don't have in faith the in them. Roster. I like if I'm going by my thinking, I'm thinking Velveteen Dream comes up to the main roster, you know, in the same fashion that everybody else does, you know, the night after WrestleMania or whatever, and he's pushed for a couple of weeks and then he gets faded into obscurity and he's just doing random stuff here and there with no substance. Exactly. Like, Hopefully because they'll run out, out of ideas and run out of things to do with them. Here's the thing. But like, like, your, your, your guys' uh, disappointment stems from the fact that you're still looking at NXT as a developmental program. It's its own brand. So right. the guys that are in NXT now, you really have to enjoy now. Because you're right. Uh, about, you know, maybe 85% of the time, if somebody gets called up, it's just not going to be the same. And, and it sucks. Um, you know, I think it was Nate mentioned, uh, you know, Tommaso Ciampa. You know, he's a guy who's, yes, he's great. He's killing it right now in NXT. Uh, you put him on the main roster, and it doesn't work because he's going to be so much smaller than, like, a lot of guys that are, that are up there. And, and he's not uh, going to be able allowed to do half the stuff he can do in NXT. Yeah. No, and like, there, there's, there's guys that I think will be just fine. I think Velveteen Dream, guys like EC3, and even Aleister Black will be just fine. Everybody else, like a you know, like a Johnny Gargano, and those types, you know, I I, I kind of worry for. But you know, the key is just to just to enjoy them while they're on NXT. You know, it's really just the people that are that are coming in, and the people that are doing the the uh, the, the Florida loops. You know, looking to get uh, on the TV. You know, it's it's always going to be like a huge adjustment period. You know, much like the way like the uh, the women's division down in NXT is kind of going through now. Um, you know, it's it, it sucks to think that you know, once somebody gets called up, there's that fear of like, fuck, like, are they going to continue this momentum, or are they going to completely fuck this up? Um, but you know, like it's it, at this point, it's like, it's almost to be expected. And I think that's, that's, that's really sad. You know, it's, uh, they need to have like more, a more cohesive writing team, you know, like I, I know Ron SmackDown and even NXT has their own writing teams, but it's like, fuck man, like pass around notes. You know, like if somebody heads up to Raw, you know, have the head writer from Raw go to the head fucking writer at NXT, be like, hey, you know, what can you tell me about this guy? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, share some info. So that way there's like a baseline when they get called up. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I even I even have a little bit of a problem with NXT. I think NXT, I would say maybe besides the women's division, I think if you look at what the men are doing, I think it's way too bloated. I think there's way too many, as as crazy as it sounds, there's way too many talented people in there at the same time, and you can't you can't do much with that, you know. It's it's and then, you know, when the tie comes, when people are, you know, when they sign new guys, and then the people who've been on NXT for a while get moved up to the main roster, there's still not enough because it's you know a guy like Cassius Ono is doing absolutely nothing in NXT, but doing 
the house shows and the um, the loops that they do for live events, but he's not doing on NXT something on NXT regularly. It's it's okay. He should be on the main roster, but is Vince McMahon going to do anything with Cassius Ono? Absolutely not. Cassius Ono, I don't <laughs> see him going to the main roster at all. He's a coach. I don't either. For the um, I could yeah, see him being an agent for the. He's a coach for NXT, but maybe an agent later. He's more of a coach for NXT um, from what I saw. So, Right. I don't know. I, I, saw like I, always, I always had the opinion that if you are if you want to beef up the tag division, and you know what, I always thought that the bar was running its course. You know, they just had a great match on SmackDown, but I felt like it was running its course. Why not do, like, why not do a Kings of Wrestling reunion? Like, what is going to be the harm in that? What is the harm in bringing up Cassius Ono? Having him team with Cesaro as a babyface team, as a babyface tag team, going against, you know, if you put them on Raw, okay, you feud them with the Revival. You know, that's a perfect rivalry right there. That's what what I said. It's it's a velveteen. WWE won't do something like that because it's not their idea. Vince doesn't like to take other companies' ideas and make them a WWE idea. He only he and the thing about that because if you watch Hero, he actually made a recent video where he said I'm like a player coach, like a Luke Walton when Luke Walton was on the Lakers. He actually was a player coach. He helped fucking make plays and shit. You know, like he's out there helping the guys that come up in NXT become stars, like a Velveteen Dream. Put them over. Put over everybody's about. That's his job, and he knows it. He knows his role, which I respect that. Right. So, yeah, so, you know, I've I've kind of said what I wanted to say about, um, you know, kind of SummerSlam coming up. Um, I think think NXT TakeOver is going to be really good. Um, For those of you that did not see, Alistair Black is injured, and this week on NXT was officially taken off uh, with an injury angle storyline. So he's out of the main event, so it's going to be Gargano and Ciampa in a last-man-standing match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Um, that should be good. You know, they're going to beat the hell out of each other. So. Didn't they already have a last-man-standing match, or am I thinking wrong? Or was the last one? No, on, 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 it was a it was a Chicago street fight. Okay. All the shit yeah, because they together, they so had their their first match was unsanctioned. Then they had a Chicago street fight, and now this is last man standing. Which the two Honestly, the first right two matches like are the pretty much the exact same stipulation. Um, so that's lazy booking, but I'm looking forward to the last man standing match because it like. TakeOver Brooklyn is pretty much like the NXT's version of WrestleMania. So to end the feud there is, I think, really appropriate. Plus, it seems like like these guys have been feuding for a year, but they've only had, it'll be their third match, so. I really need Ciampa to win, the only reason. Because Ciampa just became your champ. If Jenny Gargano becomes champ already... And middle of the because because Alistair Black got hurt, or really got hurt. 
That's why he was written off. If he wasn't written See, off, kid, so I do I. Because I like Champa, but I feel like this was done to transition the title to this feud so that Johnny could take it off of Tommaso. If Champa wins this, then he's definitely the hill of the year. So I'm saying. Um, I wouldn't mind somebody randomly getting in the middle of the feud or something. You know what I mean? But we'll see. Um, Keith Lee made his debut on NXT also. So he's officially in uh, in NXT. Good for him. Definitely got a win. Yeah. And speaking of NXT, we might as well bring it up because, like I said, we didn't we haven't gotten to talk about much. Uh, it looks like one of the biggest independent names is going to NXT within the next few weeks or the next month. Uh, Who's that? And we haven't we haven't really been able to talk about it. And I want to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, Matt Riddle. So the you know the rumors oh, yeah. have gone rampant. We we've seen Matt Riddle. Uh, he pulled out of Bola. He got pulled out of Bola and replaced by Trevor Lee. Um, and he has no, ind- I don't think he has any independent dates. Um, I think his last date is, uh, the Georgia Nova show. Right. Which is good. Cause August. I really want him on that show. Yeah. Which is in August. So, uh, it looks like Matt Riddle's going to NXT. Um, <laughs> what are your Brooklyn. thoughts on this guy? That's my bro. Like, that's my bro. Like we We've had dinner with him multiple times after PWG shows. Like, no wrestler has ever taken their time off to hang out with the fans after, um, you know, shows. And he, like, comes to me or one of the other guys, like Eric or or um, Brian, like, yo, so we doing um, Korean barbecue after PWG or what? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like. That's well, cool, it's not surprising know? that Matt Riddle wants, is thinking about food and wants Korean barbecue. That's not a surprise. So, like, I would say, like, <laughs> he's my boy. You know what I mean? Like, he's my boy. Like, I would, I would say he's just a wrestling, uh, like, one of those wrestlers that I like. He's the homie, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I, I, I had a over WrestleMania weekend, so I've got nothing but respect for that guy. Plus, I had an opportunity to interview him, too, um, at PWG, which uh, is a throwback. Yeah, yeah, just good for him. Like, dude's in his 30s. You know, he's uh, he's done a lot of traveling. He's got not, not only those, like, those wrestling miles on him, but, you know, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, MMA mileage on him as well. So, for him to be able to, you know, because he hasn't been around very long, and he's be, he's been very very successful, um, and it's it's awesome to kind of have almost like an indie version of like you know of a Kurt Angle who really picked up on uh, pro wrestling really quick and was really really good very quickly. Um, to see a guy like that, you know, much like you know uh, uh, you guys already mentioned, who takes the time to, you know, acknowledge and appreciate his fans. It's, it's always awesome to see a guy like that get, you know, these kinds of opportunities. 
And I think he uh, will also be a guy who will do very well. I honestly don't see him being in NXT very long. I think they're going to want to get, you know, get him moved up uh, soon. Um, you know, just to kind of, you know, because you, you want to maximize your investment. You know, NXT is really at this point basically just like a super indie. Uh, I think they'd want to get him moved up on, you know, on TV in front of millions of viewers, and just the matchup possibilities are, you know, they already have me salivating. Like him and Joe, him and AJ, him and Seth. It's you know, it, it, the possibilities are endless. Um, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, the stuff that I've heard about Matt Riddle, it just it just coincides with what you guys said. You know, always, you know, so nice to everybody. And he's like, you think that when, when you know, you watch him on like Evolve or PWG and, you know, everybody knows he's a stoner or whatever. And you think that's like his like gimmick or whatever. But it's just like, that's who he is. He's like, I've heard people say he's just like the chillest person. He's always smiling. He's always like having a good time no matter where, like no matter where he is. I've seen stuff like he, he wrestled on like a super small, like indie show in front of like, I think it was like less than a hundred people. And um, people were like, he was, you know, talking to everybody. And he was like giving autographs and taking pictures with everybody and talking. And it's just who he is. And I can remember us on here talking when Matt Riddle was like really first starting. And we were like, this, this is a one in a lifetime kind of talent in the fact that he was like in his first few months, everyone's like, this is a prodigy. Like this is like, this is somebody that has picked up on wrestling in a couple of months in what takes people five to 10 years. Like that's absolutely asinine, but it's just, it, it's a testament to his talent skill. And you know what? It was also UFC's loss because, you know, Joe Rogan and, and I know, uh, Lyle, you can you can relate with me on this one. You know, he gets fired from UFC for for smoking weed, but uh, guys like John Jones get to stay in the UFC. The way I see it is like, okay, UFC, you can make the you can make the transition from MMA to wrestling easy. Like, it's a lot well harder on the body, but from what I know, it's easy to pick up. So that's probably, or if you're an MMA performer and he did that. So he was probably able to adapt very easily. And from what we've seen, from what he can do, it's like the guy's really freaking good. Right. You're going to have to lay off the marijuana or he's just going to have to pay the fine, but. With Tom mentioning, you know, uh, his his UFC stint, it reminds me actually of uh, one time during a, uh, a PWG intermission. I was in the beer line, and uh, he was sitting right there on the apron selling his merch, and uh, I was wearing an old. Um, I don't, uh, Tom, you might remember. You might remember this uh, MMA from Japanese MMA promotion called Dream. Yeah. Uh, oh my yeah. god. I've not heard that. Yeah, in so years. I was wearing a I was wearing a dream shirt. He you know, he liked my shirt. And we got into like a fucking like a five minute conversation about uh Shinya Aoki. 
uh, which yeah. I thought was oh my you know, super cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's like my dream there, just to talk, just to talk dream or pride with like a UFC fighter, see if they actually know about it. How did you get that shirt? That's all I want to know. eBay, brother. <laughs> I haven't heard that website in years either. One thing I was going to say that I'm going to miss about Matt Riddle. He has one of the best tombstones in the fucking game. He won't be able to use it as in WWE. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, King of Bros going to WWE most likely. Um, should be interesting. Like I said, this is <laughs> this is a big time star. Don't fuck him up, WWE, please. Like what? it's not it's not hard. It's not hard to fuck up Matt Riddle. It's not hard. What day? What, what day is that? Uh, that Joey Janela show? It's it's SummerSlam weekend, isn't it? Next it's week, the eighteenth, I believe. It's the Friday. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. the seventeenth. Okay, so and it's, before it's starting. Yeah, and it's not like Joey Janela's spring break where it's starting at like eleven o'clock or twelve midnight. Yeah. Um, it's starting at seven o'clock, which sucks for me because I'm going to be working. I'm still going to order the show, but I'm going to have to wait till the replay. Um, because I know on Fight TV, it's insanely hard to re- rewind a live feed. So probably going to have to watch it on Monday or something. Okay. So let's talk about so, the let's Just real, real quick. quick. So, uh, so, so Matt Riddle shows up uh, in the crowd in NXT, right? Like everybody else does? Of course. Of course. Probably. Hey, there are already um, rumors that he's that's remaking his debut. So I was about to mention real quick. The May Young Classic is stacked this year. Um, got some of the best in the world this year. Like I'm like they're stacked. Um, with some of the participants that they have this year, uh, I'm gonna mention some of them, some of the names. And I know uh, I will have my boy uh, Tom. He'll, he'll back me up with some names. I'm just gonna name the ones that I know how to say, and, and he can just say the rest. Okay. So Deanna Peraza uh, just signed to WWE. She is in the tournament. Ariel Monroe, I believe that's uh, Cedric Alexander's wife. She Correct. is in it. Allison Kay is also in the tournament. I'm not sure who this fucking, is. Fucking finally, Jesus Christ! She's one of the most talented. Like she should be signed to WWE by now. Talking about Alex Gay? Yeah. Because she's not she's not with TNA anymore. She should be signed. She's one of the, I I think is she's one, one of the most talented. Is that the one that took a t- uh took shot that Charlotte says Charlotte was still in her style? Yeah, she was still in the pinky thing. Yeah. Also Ashley Rain is in this year's tournament. We have Gina yep. or Gina. Oh. Yep. Oh. Ash- Ashley Rain, Madison Rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, I guess they couldn't use Madison Rain, so she's Ashley Rain, and that's her. Why I not? Think her yeah, it doesn't matter. Fuck them. 
Yeah. Well, because I think her real name is Ashley Rain. Rain, I don't think, is her last name. So they just used Ashley Rain. Jenna is also in it from Progress. Uh, she's actually the Progress Women's Champ. She's in it this year. Caitlin is back. I'm kind of hyped for that. I want to see. I can't wait to see her oh, yeah. in the ring. She's pretty hyped. I'm, I'm I'm so upset that she actually left the WWE. To be honest, from the gate, one of the best spears. Me too, ever. because she was getting really good when she left. Better spear than Roman. Have a pretty good. <laughs> had a better. Um, she had a pretty good view with AJ Styles. Oh, I'm so Styles. AJ Lee. <laughs> Man, that would be that would be a crazy match. Uh, Mercedes Martinez makes a, uh, her return to the tournament. Mia Yim also makes a return. Nicole Matthews. Nicole Matthews. We have Priscilla Kelly. I believe that is uh, former WH Radio guest's girlfriend. Uh, Darby Allen's girlfriend. I believe that's his girlfriend. Uh, Rachel Evers, which is Chris Hero's girlfriend, is in the tournament. She's making her return. Tony Storm is back. Yes. And Tony, that's my girl. She's on my fantasy team. From there, I do not know how to say everybody else's name. I'm going to be real. <laughs> so if I miss anybody, I'm going to let you uh, Yeah, her. so you're... There's uh there's Isla Dawn, uh there's Jesse uh oh what is her last name? I I think it's like Jesse Alibin. I sent you I sent you the list. Yeah, so there's uh Casey there's Casey Contanzaro, uh Karen Q, uh Kavita Devai, Killer Kelly who we saw uh doing some. NXT stuff for the NXT UK brand. Um, Lacey Lane is in there. MJ Jenkins. Um, Rena Gonzalez. Rhea Ripley, who we saw last year's uh, Mae Young Classic as well. She makes her return. Um, Vanessa Craven. Yeah, Vanessa Craven. Shout out to Smash Wrestling. Vanessa Craven uh, getting her shot. Uh, the youngest person in the tournament, uh, Zaya Brookside, the daughter of NXT coach Robbie Brookside. Um, we have Zaya Lee coming from China, uh, Zatara, um, Tegan Knox, of course, one of the heavy favorites, uh, also known as Nixon Noel, um, was supposed to be in last year's tournament, but uh, due to injury, uh, was not able to compete. So she's going to be in this year's Mae Young Classic. And then the three women from Japan, uh, you have Hiroyo Matsumoto. You have, of course, Ayo Shirai, uh, one of WWE's big signings to their company. And the legend herself, Miko Satomura. Oh, God, this is fucking fantastic. I've never, I never thought I would see a day where uh, Miko Satomura would be in a WWE ring. So this is absolutely crazy. So there you go. That's the full list of competitors. Um, they completed their tapings tonight, as uh, people probably could see. Um, on Twitter, people were posting um, 
you know, about results. So there's certain people on Twitter you do if you do want to avoid spoilers. Um, I muted about five thousand hashtags in order to avoid spoilers. <laughs> so, so yeah, so some spoilers are out there. I'll just say that the finals are set, and the finals are going to be happening at the women's pay-per-view evolution happening in October. Um, the Mayon Classic is going to begin September 5th on the network. So be on the lookout for that. going to be a also, crazy tournament. It's not like it was last year where they dump like four episodes and then you binge watch them and whatnot. It's actually going to be live every week after NXT. So they're doing it a little different this year than last year. Right. So, yeah, May Young Classic looking to pick up in um, in just a little bit. Who do you have one of? Just about a less than a month away. Should be great. Should be uh, a great another great tournament. And uh, shout out to all the all the women down there who are getting their shots. And hopefully, uh, this whether they stay with WWE or not, hopefully this propels them to uh, get some more bookings um, around the world. Who do you have winning? Um, Io Shirai. Honestly, for some reason, I, I I want her to win. I don't think she might. I think she might not win. I think she'll be in the finals. But I think she win. makes it to the finals and she loses. To who I'm not sure, but I think that she's not going to win because everyone thinks she's going to. Tony Storm. Yes. Tony Storm would be great. She's on my fantasy team. Yeah, Tony Storm's awesome. And, I I mean, I... The cool part is... Go ahead. Now, see, the cool part is we'll find out because the spoilers will be out there. Yeah, that's why. And I think think Tony Storm's going to do well for herself. I think... I think she's once again she's somebody that should be signed to WWE. I don't she should be honestly like on the main roster, but once again that's that's neither here nor there. It's going to be the same thing with Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai, you know, there. But once again, look what they're doing with Asuka. Nothing. Asuka <laughs> it doesn't even have a match at SummerSlam. So I think they should stay down in NXT for as long as they can. Yeah, Oscar might. Um, I have a feeling Oscar's turning hill. <laughs> I have a feeling she's getting involved in that three way and just destroying all three of them. I just have a feeling. I read some things up on Oscar. Uh, that's some plans that they have ready for her. I gotta say, one moment. Uh, speaking speaking of the women, one of the funniest moments happened on SmackDown this week. Uh, Renee Young was interviewing Shinsuke Nakamura backstage, and all of a sudden, our truth interrupts. He just walks up and he's like, "I want," I, he's like, "I want a shot at your United States title at SummerSlam," and Shinsuke's like, "How are you going to do that?" And our truth's like, "I'm going to do what everybody else does. I'm going to pin Carmella." <laughs> 
and Ty Dillinger's with him because I guess they paired those two up. And Ty Dillinger's like, no, no, you have to. And he points to Shinsuke, but Renee was in between them. And Archer's like, no, 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 Ty, I'm not going to get in the ring with Renee. So R-Truth always Someone... providing the comment. That, that, I have to say, that is one of my favorite kind of like low-key mini storylines that's been happening for the past, what, like five years? Is oblivious our truth when you know the one Royal Rumble? What what Royal was it? 2014 when he when he came down and he pulled the ladder out from under the ring and he thought it was the Money in the Bank ladder match. Wow, I'll never forget that. Our truth might be the funniest <laughs> guy in WWE history. It's been so funny. He's a former NWA World Champion. He might be the funniest. It's funny because I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a graphic going around of the match between uh, Shinsuke and R-Truth, and someone used that graphic and said something about when you sim like five months or five years into like WWE Universe mode on like a 2K game, this is basically yeah. what you get. Yeah, but it's like, that. that's real. That's what we're getting. Shit's hilarious because that's exactly what what happened in that game, but now it's real <laughs> and it's mind blowing because they haven't done anything with our truth in a long ass time. Last time our truth was relevant, he had a match with John Cena and CM Punk cut a promo out there. Facts. Yeah, if they could just do that each time, our truth definitely deserves better. But if they could just do that every week with him, where he just he just keeps doing the thing where he's confused and he thinks like somebody, I, I, I forget who it was exactly. I, actually, I think it was multiple people were like, our truth should just randomly on the evolution pay-per-view, the all women's pay-per-view, he should just randomly show up and then look really confused as to what's going on. And someone's like, wait, this is an all women show. And he's like, my bad. That's on me. I, I just started laughing. Cause that would just be, that would just be too funny. And it's good to have a comedy break on a show. One thing I can say about back going back to our truth. He fucking pinned John Cena or not pin him. He beat John Cena. He should have got his world title shot after. Never got it. CM Punk got it. Archer should have at least faced a chance. He was going to push, damn it. I understand. He's got to push with the men, too. Speaking of SmackDown, real quick, because I feel like we've been on WWE real tough here on the show. I kind of want to get up with WWE. There's one more thing I want to say about WWE. Daniel Bryan, the Miz, they're going to kill it at SummerSlam also. That's another storyline that's been very interesting, too. I'm really looking forward to that match because it was like that's like one of the best told stories that they've had in a long, long time, and we're finally going to get that match. We're okay. it's probably going to be the just only to, uh, match slam that I actually like, but we got to get it going with the show. There's 90 seconds left. That's what they're telling me. <laughs> So, um, I don't know if we're going to share that top five like we planned on it. So, um, actually, you know what? We can. It just won't be live. <laughs> is that fine? Is that fine with you guys? <laughs> let's, let's we also keep didn't talk about through. the G1. Yeah. So let's keep it going live, a little bit. I believe. 
I believe Dom is listening, bro. You are not going to hear us in 60 seconds because we're going to keep talking. We have a little more things to talk about. Everybody else, it will be our archive that you can listen to the rest of the show if you want to hear the rest we're going to talk about. Top five from each air. I posted mine the other day. I would like to share here on the show. Boys, I hope you guys got your top fives ready to go. Your boy Skits has his ready to fucking go. Um, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I, I ended up doing this the other day. I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. My boy, Fat Joe, Funk Marshall Flex, did one for hip-hop. Let me do one uh, for wrestling. And a couple people actually got back to me and shared theirs, too. Ten seconds, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to go off. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're listening live. Peace out, WH Radio. We'll keep you more on what's going on. All right, my top five from each era. Starting with the golden era. Number one, Randy Savage. Number two, the nature boy, Rick Flair. Three, Hawk Hogan. Four, Mr. Perfect. And five, none other than the man they call Sting. So, um, so I'm, 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 I'm guessing so the, the, the three eras we're doing are the golden era, which is, is that, do you consider that the 70s and 80s, or is it just the 80s? Well, I wasn't around for the 70s, so I did 80s. Okay, 80s. I wasn't even around yeah. for the 80s. And uh, the second era, Fuck the you, second Tom. era was 90s, 50s. <laughs> so the, um, for the 90s, I, I have put 90s era, basically attitude era, the, the fucking fun times era, you know, and uh, current era. So that's my golden era top five. I'm a, uh, If you guys want to comment on the golden era before I go to the 90s, or do you guys want me to just finish it? Oh, we should go around each era. Okay, go ahead. All right, so for me, yeah, for me, I got uh, Ric Flair, uh, Randy Savage, Magnum TA, Sting, and Roddy Piper. Oh. Ooh, interesting. For my Golden Era Top 5, I did Ric Flair, Randy Savage. I I did something different. I put a tag team in, if that's if that's allowed or if that's accepted. Um, I put in the Midnight was, Express. Sure. Why not? Oh, that's a good one. So I put in the Midnight Express. Um, and then I did uh, Ricky Steamboat. And um, I put in another tag team. I put in the Legion of Doom, Road Warriors. One thing that I wanted to do is do another um, a tag team, same thing on a different show, but I guess fucking Tom's already ahead of us. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I was thinking back to like the 80s, and I'm thinking back, you know, I wasn't alive then, but I've gone back and I've seen it, and I'm like, well, it was you, look great most, you look at some of the most over people, and they were tag teams. Like Wait, the Tom, what year were you born? 93. Fucking millennial. Oh, crazy. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. I was you were born in 93. What? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a young lion. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> young boy. 
I'm a, yeah, I'm a young boy. I still, I still got the black trunks, you know. I'm going to do an excursion to Mexico soon, so it's, uh, it's all right. <laughs> but, yeah, so Go I was thinking ahead. back, um, and, like, and I'm thinking, you know, like I said, LOD was such a big tag team in the 80s. You know, they were everywhere. They were huge. People loved them. And then when you look at the other side, the other big tag team that made their name as the big bad guys was the Midnight Express, and people hated them, so – I had I had to I can't I couldn't disregard them. So for the eighties I got Flair, I got Hogan, I got Savage, I got Sting, and somebody who who nobody has mentioned so far, I got Warrior. And the only reason why I put him on the list was because they tried to push him at WrestleMania six. He beat Hogan and then he turned into a major fucking asshole and that only lasted nine months and then he never got to the prominence he was at the time ever again because he was a fucking asshole, because he was a huge piece yeah. of shit. But now um, he, that his title reign and how over he was, it's, it's undeniable how popular that was he was the 90s. at the time. Can you repeat this up over here? Um, Flair, Hogan, Savage, Sting, Warrior for the 80s. But Warrior was now, Hogan in 1990, didn't he? Or wait, was it? I, got, I fucked I it up mean, because <laughs> Warrior. Well, Warrior was around in the 80s, but he was yeah. a Dingo Warrior. Yeah, yeah, you're right because WrestleMania six happened in 1990. So I'm gonna have yeah. to rethink that because yeah. <laughs> now, now just for some clarification, skits. When you say, to, you know, we're doing this top five from each era, is it personal favorite? Is it guys that we think were the best or guys that we think were, like, our most over? Our, our personal. Okay. 90s era, a.k.a. Attitude era. Number one, that heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Number two, Bret Hart. Three, Steve Austin. Four, The Rock. Five, Undertaker. That's a that's a damn good list. Mine's completely fucking different. Um, <laughs> uh, Barry Windham, Arn Anderson, Jushin Liger, Brian Pillman, and Shawn Michaels. Ooh, Brian Pillman. That's crazy. I, I started to put Rey Mysterio on there and Eddie Guerrero. I really was close, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with what I watched as a kid. This is my top. I'm not going to try to fucking top what other what other people think. Let me go by what I like. You know what I mean? But that is a great list. You're well, a yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, the, that's the interesting thing. And, you know, it, it's going to be different for everybody because of people's ages. And, you know, like, you know, I was born in the 90s, so I have certain things. Keep rubbing it in, Tom. Like the stuff, the stuff that, <laughs> the stuff that I look back on from the '90s, you know, it's it's changed my opinion. Um, but anyway, here's my list of the top five for the '90s era. Number one, Steve Austin. Number two, Shawn Michaels. Number three, Kenta Kobashi. Number four, Masahiro Chono. And number five, number five is going to surprise you, Raven. 
I don't know why, but as a kid, I fucking loved Raven. I like maybe it's because like the the whole grunge thing, but exactly. even looking back now, like the stuff that Raven did in ECW and some of the stuff even in WCW, like he was such a damn good person. People forget he was a ring of honor and had a few with CM Punk. Yeah, even though that was that was technically two thousands, but like I don't know. I, I think I think Raven was like one of the most underappreciated. Like he had such a different thing from everybody else that was going on and such a different promo from everybody. I just always liked him. So my number five Raven. Nate, for the 90s, I got Austin because of the Attitude Era. And, like, I always say that I hated like, – I don't like the Attitude Era. I think it aged terribly. Um, but you don't have that era without Austin. What? Um, you really don't. It's the Austin <laughs> era. That's – shut up. What? <laughs> what? And he, yeah, he created he created the most annoying catchphrase ever, which is still uttered by idiot fans that go to shows today. Um, so he's my number one. Without Austin, well, you don't have Austin without The Rock. They were one A and one B in the Attitude Era. That just shows you how good of an era as far as like star power it really was. Then we, for number three, we go to WCW and Hogan. Because his heel turn in the 90s oh, yeah. was... NWO. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Um, you got Hogan and I like it. I like it. He, his heel turn in the, in the 90s and late WCW, well, late 90s, or, yeah, late 96, mid 96, whatever the fuck, really changed the game and, like, it was a huge risk for that company, but... That's what led to them beating Raw for 83 freaking weeks. Um, then I have Sean uh, because, I mean, it's Sean Michaels. He's the greatest in-ring performer of all time. And then I have Brett um, as a personal favorite because he is my um, – he was my first – Bret Hart. He's the first okay. guy who, like, I really latched on to is – when I was a kid, as far as somebody that I really, really liked, and and I would say he's the first wrestling guy. I would say this is fucking professional wrestling. This is a pure wrestler right here. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I always liked Brett, and I mean, one of my favorite matches, I mean, of all time, like a match that I still watch to this day, WrestleMania 13, him and him That's and my Stone favorite Cole. match of all time. Like, that, that is a match I don't think I'll ever get sick of watching. Like, it's one of the few matches I've watched. Jeez, I've watched that match at least that, more than 20 times. That's him and Taker, and right? like, I, don't, I don't get sick of it. Him and Austin. That's him and Taker, right? No. Him and Taker happened at SummerSlam. WrestleMania 13 was austin Brett submission match. And it's funny because that match okay. wasn't even supposed to happen. But thank God, Sean decided to be a huge piece of shit that year and not even wrestle. <laughs> you know, it's funny is like you know how uh, 
you know, a couple of years back, Ricochet and Will Ospreay did their thing. Ricochet came out with the wrestling is art shirt. That fucking match is art. What uh, Austin and Brett? Yeah, yeah, Austin and Brett. That is yes, because it was just like that. I I always point people. I say it's it's the perfect. It's like one of the most perfect wrestling matches because you have everything that kind of encompasses you. You have the technical wrestling, but then you have the brawling, and you have Austin getting busted open, and then you have the dramatic finish of uh, Brett locking on the sharpshooter and Austin passing out while blood is coming down his face, and he never gives up, and Brett goes bad, and Austin goes good. And it's like that's – it was like it was a double turn. It was a double turn in in the match. It was like that's – what wrestling needs to be. It's like something that you watch and you like every single moment, every single move, like you can't take your eyes off of it. Even like if you watch the match, like the simple suplexes and like the simple body slams, like people are popping for it because it's such a big deal. But I did want to mention some, there were so many people to choose from in the nineties, some honorable mentions, Obviously, Misawa, um, he was up Mankind. there. Uh, Kawada, he was up there. One guy I think that uh, is up there, Vader. I think with all the stuff yeah. that Vader did, minus his WWF stuff, you know, the stuff he did in Japan and the stuff he did in WCW, he was a big deal. Um, Thing was really close. I was going with either Raven or Sting, but... Um, Ultimately, like, Sting would probably be close. He would be, like, Sting six was, or seven. Honestly, Sting, Sting did great both eras, 80s and 90s. He's, a, he's like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. They both could have made, they both could have made both, you yeah. know. But if if you want to make room for other guys who are also deserving in those lists, you have to, like, put them out. Because Wolfpack yeah. was cracking. Yeah, Vader almost made my list. Um, I... I ultimately went with Liger just because I think like people seeing him, I think that had more of like a lasting impact. Right. And wasn't he right. Wasn't he the first, he was the first person to do a shooting star because he invented it. Yeah. Vader. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, if Vader ever did a shooting star press, he'd be number one. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, Liger was up there just because, you know, you look at all the guys today that are doing this high-flying sort of uh, style, and they wouldn't be doing it it without Liger. Liger was such a big deal in the 90s, and it was was just crazy, and he's still going, still going strong. He was probably one of the top cruiserweights uh, back in WCW. Ray Mysterio, too, uh, he needs to be talked about from the 90s. Eddie Guerrero, Steve Malenko, Chris Jericho, so many names. Right. Go watch Liger versus Mysterio at, I believe it's Starcade 95. Such a good match. Yes. Yes. Uh, Let's get to got a question for you. So for the 2000s, are we doing by decades? Because we'd be into the second half of a new decade. See, I'm fucked. We never got, you know what? How about this? Next show that we do, let's have our 2000s. I didn't do it to 2000 top five. I just went straight to the current. Okay. So we'll do a 2000 to 2010 and 2010 to now. 
you're 